Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you so much, and we're thankful that we can come into your house today and worship you. And we know, God, that you are our comfort, our peace. We praise you, Father, for the things you have to say to us today. And we want to be that good soil. We want our hearts to be that soil that receives the word and grows. And, and we trust you, Father. We trust you. We know that you know us inside and out, and you know what we need. We thank you, Father. We worship you today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, in case you have not been here the last couple of weeks, we are going through a series called the Ecclesia series, which is a study of the New Testament church uh, that Christ uh, created us to be. And we know that in reality, sometimes we, the church, don't exactly live up to the picture, we realize that sometimes we uh, don't get it right. But we've been studying what we're supposed to be, and this week we're going to be studying that we should be authentic followers of Jesus Christ. We should be authentic. We should be the real deal. And uh, so we're going to talk about that today. This is not an easy message to hear because it deals with something, a word that we don't like, called hypocrisy. We're going to talk about that. We don't always get it right. How is it that we should, how can we walk out our daily lives, not being perfect, but just being real, authentic followers of Jesus? That is what we're talking about today. Why is it that the world laughs at the church? Sometimes the world laughs at us because our worldview is so different than theirs, and that's okay if they laugh at us because we're sincerely following God's word. They don't get it. We understand that, and if they laugh at us, it's okay. But sometimes they laugh at us not because of what we do right, but because of what we do wrong. And sometimes that laughter isn't a humorous laughter, Sometimes it's a laugh of derision because they see in us inconsistencies, right? And we know that, that we all struggle with that sometimes, and there's a difference between lower H hypocrisy and capital H hypocrisy, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But before we get there, I want to share three things with you, two skits and a spoken word. Now, there's some humor involved in the skits, and the humor, you know, it's good to laugh, but there's also some truth in there. Let's ask God to speak to our heart about the truth that's in there, and also the spoken word, let me tell you, man, it's raw. It's going to hit you. All right? Here we go. I love this. I love this store. That's just here yesterday. Yeah. And I found this orange top. It just so looks like you. That one right there? Yeah. Over there. Yeah, this one? Yeah. Yeah, no. And where are those pants? No. Oh. So, yeah, I tucked them away right here. Yeah. Oh, you tuck them. That's great. Right, right. So nobody will take them? Because they were on sale. Mm -hmm. So, um, her, she, the lady we're talking about, she, there she was in the bathroom, just crying her eyes out. 
for her marriage. Oh, that's I felt so bad for her. Yeah. But you know, her husband, he really is a piece of work. That's what I heard. He has eyes for everybody but her. So sad. I heard that at the from her friend at the Thou Shall Not Gossip conference. She told me all about that. I love that conference. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I learned uh, how to keep my mouth shut and how not to speak evil of another. Yeah. Yeah, but I have to tell you, the music yeah. was terrible at that conference. It's not the I best. just didn't go. I mean, I just waited till the music was done to go and hear the word. Yeah. And that one girl. What girl? That girl, you know. What girl? Uh, I can't tell you her name. That's uh, gossip. Oh, okay. <laughs> she, she just, I mean, she doesn't even sing. I, what, can you call it that? She just brays like a donkey. Oh, it's gosh. Like, it's not that <gasps> bad. Oh, my gosh. I just wore oh my, my earplugs. Listen. What? Steph, no. did you hear about Allie? She's pregnant again. And she's not even pants, married yet. They're not on sale anymore. Uh, hi. Oh my gosh. Welcome to Sloan's. Can I help you? Yeah, you could. I was here yesterday, and these pants were $2 less. Yes, that. there was a sale, but that ended yesterday. Uh-oh. But I assumed it would still be going on today. Right. I'm sorry about that, but the sale only lasted the week. Can <sighs> I help you find something else? Yes, you could help me find a sale price for okay. these pants. Yeah. I'm sorry, ma'am, but I can't change the price. Though I can tell you there will be a discount on some nice things next week. Oh, but I'm right here now. now. Right. I need you to change the price on these pants. I'm not allowed to do that or override the register. Oh, you know what? <laughs> you could if you wanted to. Totally. I come here all the time. My church friends, they all yep. come here too. Here. If I tell them about this crappy service, they're not going to they're not going to come here. Nope. Think of all the sales you're going to lose. We know a lot of people Think buddy. about it. A lot of them, we tell them everything. Everyone will know about this place. I can see that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to have to speak to your manager. Yep. Manager actually stepped out and won't be back until tomorrow. You so expect you just, me to believe that? You just heard I yourself? think you're lying. Yeah. Ma'am, I have no idea what you believe. I'm not lying. If you'd like to speak to a manager, you'll just have to come back tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Tomorrow's yeah. Sunday. Yes, it's Sunday. a holy day. I'm going to be at church. We don't shop on Sunday. Well, would you like me to have her call you? I want to speak to a person in charge right now. I do not accept being treated like this. Ma'am, I'm not treating you any certain way. Mm -hmm. I just, I can't give you the discount. I could lose my job. You know what this is? This is persecution. You heard us talking about church and all of that, and now you're just trying to come against us. No, no, ma'am, that is not true. Oh, do not call her a liar. Yeah, don't do that. This is satanic. This is, oh, I'm going to tell everyone about the opposition ma ma at this place. Ma'am, please just calm down. I didn't call her a liar. Yeah, don't tell me to calm I'm down I'm sorry either. for the misunderstanding. Calm but I, down. Yeah, of yeah. course you're sorry. We're now standing up to you in this injustice. I'm leaving. We're, we're, I'm telling all my church, all friends, church friends about friends. this place. No one's ever coming nope. here again. Let's go, Steph. No way. I used to like this place. Oh, thank God for this. that. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Don't pinch me. Ow! Mom, she hit me. Because he pinched me. Stop hitting your brother. I'm not going to tell you again. Why do you always have to side with him? 
I don't. You're older. We are late again. I hate this. Oh, it'll be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine, but you're not the only one in the car. Just relax. Listen, if I took what you took to relax, I'd be relaxed enough for the both of us. Take it then. Hey, Mom, I really don't want to go to youth group today because I literally don't know anyone there. Well, you have to go. How are you going to get to know people if you don't go? Can you just take my side for once? Sweetheart. Listen, she's right. If she doesn't want to go, she shouldn't have to. Excuse me? She needs to go. We talked about this. I just want people to get to know our family. Listen, Gloria, you're the only one who cares about that. All you're trying to do is build your real estate business. That is not true. And maybe if you didn't lose your job, I wouldn't have to oh. worry about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I lost my job. We have a wonderful life, Gloria. And by the way, I'm working again. I didn't say we didn't have a wonderful life. All I'm saying is that I want so more unhappy. for our kids. I mean, you're never I don't like yeah, having I, I don't understand. Of and the control. I mean, we're like puppets. Dance, puppets, dance. I don't understand. I don't even want to go to church today. There's the pastor's wife. Everybody smile. been a waiter for some time now. But when you find out that Christians tip less, it blows your mind. Wow. Like how you tell me you got faith and trust, but you can't even pay for what you ate for lunch. You, know, you should put this apron on and you can service me. And when I'm done, I pay the clerk and leave. Nah, it's not for fun. You didn't work for free. Look, see, I left you with my crumbs and my dirty seat. Plus, I even stuck you a little invite for my church this week. Yeah, you Christians really are a taste of art. You should consider scraping that fish off your silly car and replace the shark. The way y'all go for blood, I done see y'all throwing slugs on social media, and then you preaching us to show some love? You so worried about some vaccinations that you would backstab your pastor if his wife had cancer and he had to take it. Pre-pandemic, you thank God for his tactic bravery. Now you want to strangle him with the same cloth that he masked his face with. You hypocrites. You do it all in the name of truth, but when someone does the same to you, you flip the script and you change the rules. You pro-lifers need to show some respect. I don't see you slander your own brother like you hope that he's dead, and then you fight for the unborn and get your emotions upset. So what? Human life doesn't matter then? The older it gets? Male chauvinist. It's like you got scales and your tail grows again. You love to leave the house, but won't leave the couch to bring the groceries in. I've seen the closest friends turn quicker than a loaf of bread like two Rottweilers in a backyard with a broken fence just because he's leaning for Joe. I guess you want the freedom to speech, but not the freedom to vote. Market a beast, market a beast. With every new piece of technology, you bark up a tree. First, you said it was the barcodes. Now you want to start with vaccines. Have you never read the chapter or the part where it reads, they worship him? Don't you get it? That's a conscious act. You can't accidentally get it. Like you were barred and strapped to a bed in some sort of army's lab filled with harmful gas, and then you wake up to find out that your arm's been jabbed and they marked your hand. Huh. But that's what hypocrisy is liable to do. <laughs> See, I'm an atheist, and I read more of the Bible than you. Hey, y'all, I preach the gospel, ain't ashamed of it. 
over graves jumping like great comfort till they wake up and they raise from it. Came with the same numbers of angels that play trumpets. Homie said the Bible's full of hate. I got a gay cousin. And they in love, you say you love, but look away disgusted. You play the judge like they stain the rug and you stay to rub it. You Christians get divorced and sit in court and sue each other like this is normal. But he stays faithful to a great husband. I smell hypocrisy. You sit on top of trees, chopping beet, dropping leaves in the same branch where you plop the seat. Like a worm inside a rotten peach, your conscience must eat you alive. Sleep deprived as you toss inside your cotton sheets. And I replied, your point is taken well. Can't brag I'm perfect. The fact I'm worthless doesn't scratch the surface. Have to take an L. Was raising hell, trying to skate and fail like I could fake it well. Took the half pipe, crashed and wiped, trying to shave the rail. A Caucasian male, standing 5'11", trying to die a legend. My prize defying heaven under Satan's spell. But grace came like I was facing jail and paid the bail. So whether straight or lesbians, like a set of twins, we face ourselves. So let's admit we got a deficit that outweighs the scales. If Elon Musk and Donald Trump shook hands at the age of 12, couldn't negotiate, there's no debate like trying to roller skate in a frozen lake. You might as well lay down and pray for help. The subject of hypocrisy is never easy to talk about because no, none of us want to believe that's us. You know, I, I mentioned lowercase hypocrisy, the lower H. That's something that we sometimes do accidentally, right? Like, we make mistakes. None of us are perfect. We're human beings learning to walk in, in, in the path that Christ gave us. And sometimes we sin. We make mistakes. And... And we repent, we go to the Lord and we ask for forgiveness and we ask our brother and sister for forgiveness and we learn from it and we move on. That's lowercase hypocrisy. It's really a learning tool in our lives. But it's not fun to go through that. In fact, sometimes uh, when we do that, when we do that, we feel really small. We feel like, Man, we're, we're missing it. So we have this challenge in our lives to be authentic before God and others in a way that brings honor to God. To be authentic before others and God. Right? So that means being our real selves. The good, the bad, the ugly. But always walking in the path that Christ has for us. Now, there's a scripture, I got, I got to show you this meme, I love it. There's a scripture where Paul says, follow me as I imitate Christ. And there it is, there's Christ, the lion, there's Paul, and there's me, right? That's how I feel. Because when I do that lower H hypocrisy, when I mess up, I feel like I'm just a cartoon version of a lion. You know, I, I'm not really what God has called me. Can anybody relate to that? When you mess up, you just feel like that little cartoon version, right? But God loves us. He forgives us. He is the one who has rescued us. He has saved us. God has uh, accounted the righteousness of Christ towards our life because of our faith in Jesus Christ. And, and so we just continue our walk with him. So what is hypocrisy? What is capital H hypocrisy? Let's look at that. It's the practice 
of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. Pretense is pretending. Capital H, hypocrisy, is pretending to be somebody or something you're not. I'm not talking about failing sometimes and owning up to it. I'm talking about the pretense. You guys with me? Because we know, like I said, we've all made mistakes. We're not talking about that. We're talking about pretending to put on love, pretending to be different, but wallowing in our darkness or in the past life. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. Ephesians 4, turn there. Ephesians 4, verse 22. It says that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So we know that there is a putting off, taking off, walking away from the old, and putting on the new. That is what God has designed for us through our faith in Jesus Christ. And we talk about that, but sometimes it's like we begin to pretend that that's the case instead of actually walking in it. We pretend for some reason we've thought that being the new man or woman means pretending the old one didn't exist and never dealing with the issues that were a part of our past life. And so we walk around with the same issues, unrenewed, struggling, wondering why we can't have victory over those things. But those blind spots and those huge gaping issues tend to rise to the surface. They rise to the surface when you least expect it and when you don't want them to. They pop out. It's like we leak. Here we are pretending to be Mr. Christian or Mrs. Christian, but we begin to leak our old life. It's oozing out because they haven't been dealt with. These issues that we have make people groan. They make people slap their forehead and think, man, are these, is this person really even a Christian? And I'm not just talking about the other Christians feeling that way. I'm talking about the world looking at the church saying, what is up with them? That happens sometimes. I told you this is a heavy message, right? I, I warned you. Sometimes we don't even realize that those issues are still in our life because we've never dealt with them and we think it's faith to pretend they don't exist. Listen to what I said. We think it's faith to not talk about things and pretend they don't exist. But that's not the same of it as it being exposed to the light. That's not the same as coming with an openness to God and to your brothers and sisters saying, pray for me, that I can be delivered, that I can be set free, that the chains can be broken off of my life. You know, we are like a big hospital with people that all have issues. And if you're the only one in here that feels like you don't have any issues, 
I want to tell you something. You're part of the one, you're, you're part of the group that has swept your issues so far under the rug that you don't realize that they're there, but I can almost promise you that the people around you know. They know that they're there, and I'm gonna talk about my own life in just a minute in that area. But there are so many areas in, in, in Christians' lives that seem opposed to the message of the gospel, opposed to genuine love, opposed to compassion, Opposed to concern for others. And even the world knows that Christ isn't honored by it. So how can we become blind to that? Remember Karen in the skit, she is a Karen, right? Her name, is, her name in the skit was Steph and her real name is Carol, my wife. After the last service, people were literally calling her Karen. Um, but her name's Carol. But she played a Karen right here. And remember, she was upset because she was losing $2. She was willing to lay down her testimony for Christ for two bucks. As a church, I will pay you $2 to be nice. Everybody's like, sign me up. She, but of course, if you would have asked her, are you willing to sell your Christianity for $2? She would have said, no way. But in the heat of the moment, what happened? Her flesh rose up. Something within her would not let it go. And she was bound and determined to get that sale price. She was gossiping with her friend. So much so that that clerk, at the idea of her not coming in with her Christian friends, he said, thank God. If you think that was a ridiculous skit, I want to tell you that the way they acted in the store is mild compared to the way people act. Christians, it's mild to the way some people act at Beyond Coffee in this church. Over here, we have a family who was really concerned about looking perfect. They were concerned about looking perfect for the pastor's wife, but what was really going on in their family, what was going on was hurt and heartache, and it was falling apart. And those kids are being raised watching parents who act like Christianity is nothing more than a veneer. That's reality for some families, and yet they think that when they come to church, they have to act like they have it all together because that's what's expected of them. And that is not what's expected. Remember what we've been learning about the church, God's plan for the church, the New Testament church, is that there's real life, there's real healing, there's real love, there's real prayer, there's real accountability. We're a family. We're not a bunch of people pretending to be something and somebody that we're not. That's miserable. If that's where you are right now, I wanna apologize to you that you feel like that has to happen. But let me tell you right now, no more. Don't be that way anymore. You don't have to be, you can be set free. We wanna know you. We want to know you and we want to be known by you. And we want you to extend grace to us and we want to extend grace to you. There's a scripture in Matthew 7. You guys have heard this before if you've been in church. 
It says, then why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Also in Matthew 5, Sermon on the Mount says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So this hypocrisy, the stuff that we struggle with can be seen in the church, it can be seen outside of the church, but we're supposed to be bringing glory to God by being the light of the world, being out there in the world and being a light. So why is it that we struggle so much? Um, you know, and it's not always just really obvious like the Karens that were up here. Sometimes we hide it, but it's still a matter of our heart. Like I was driving to VBS, Vacation Bible School, this last week. And I was in a good mood, you know, it was just early and I was driving to, to church and this lady cut me off. Okay, I don't know if it was a lady. That's so bad. That was discriminatory right there. It could have been a man. Sorry, I apologize, women. I keep getting called out on this kind of stuff, so God's trying to get my attention. Um, this person pulled in front of me, and immediately, you know, I got angry. I didn't honk or anything, and I didn't do any, I didn't mouth anything. I didn't give them any hand motions. I, I, I just sat there and smiled while I drove. I kept the smile on my face, but on the inside, I actually thought if I had a bazooka, I would blow that car off the road. <laughs> and then my second thought was, I wouldn't want them to be hurt. I would just want their car to explode. And then I started thinking about, oh, brother, you are such a jerk, you know, to myself. Because I just got angry just for being cut off. But the person kept driving erratically. And I noticed that they were making all these hand motions in the mirror at me. And they cut me off. And so I was like, I was like oh, Lord. Lord, give me grace. When we get close to the church and they turn into the church to drop their child off for vacation Bible school. And I was so tempted I just wanted to follow them to their park, park right by them and eyeball them as they get out of the car, but I didn't. I went to my own spot and behaved myself. But my point is that it's, it's a matter of the heart, right? I, even though I didn't look upset, my heart was angry. And we know that I read two scriptures from the Sermon on the Mount just now, and it's all about the heart. It's about who we really are. God wants to change us that we could be different, that we could be a light. All right, so how does hypocrisy develop in the life of a believer? There, there are two main reasons I believe that a person lives life as a hypocrite. The first one is they're trying to purposely mislead or deceive. That could be true, that there's people that just wanna deceive, 
Or number two, they aren't able to sustain who they profess to be because of unwanted things within them which continue to rise to the surface. So either they want to deceive, and if that's you today, that's unfortunate because what that means is if you want to deceive, that means you're a wolf. But if you're just somebody that struggles, but you know you've got this whole hidden life thing going on, this duplicitous thing where you act one way, but all the time you've got something else happening at the same time, that means you probably have some things deep down in you that you can't control that continue to come to the surface. And the question is, why? Why are they there? And how are you dealing with it? And is this going to be how you're going to live your life the rest of your life? Or do you want to be free from those things? The person that we are is built through a series of events our whole life. You have been through a series of things that are unique to you, and it has built a human being. It has built a human being, and some of you have had harder times than others. But the truth is, is that we are a series of our experiences mixed in with the people that we know and the the experience of God in our life. When we come to Christ, the word tells us that the old man died, and behold, all things have become new. And we know that's true because the word tells us. And the righteousness of Christ is accounted to us because of our faith in Jesus. And we're made new in regard to sin. And our feet are set on a pathway of sanctification. And we begin to walk. But that does not mean that we don't have to still continue to deal with our own human nature and the things that have been developed in us because of our series of experiences. I want to give you an example from my own life because it's easier for me to talk from my life. My upbringing, I want to tell you that if you were to look up Poe White Trash in the dictionary, you would see my picture as a little boy, a little fat kid, standing outside with a bowl cut and no shirt and cutoffs, in front of a two-room house with five siblings, beer bottles all over the yard, cars up on jacks that don't run, a dad who's an alcoholic, abusive father that did his best to love me but didn't do very well, and a skinny, scraggly dog that was my only friend. That's how I started life. Those were the formative years of my life. No big deal. I don't want pity. I just want this. Watch. From that experience... And growing up in the years after that, it turned me into a specific human being. So here's an example. God rescued me out of that, but I carry those experiences with me. Now, a clean and orderly house isn't just a preference for me. It's an obsession. Providing for my kids was more than just a privilege and a job. It is my identity. My accomplishments in education and music were like a shield, like a super suit I wore over myself to protect me from being a nobody. That's what I thought for years. And I didn't realize it until certain things kept coming out of my life and coming out of my mouth and I would react certain ways to things that people would act like were strange, they wouldn't understand. And I'm like, to me it was obvious because that was my perception of life. My wife was very casual with housekeeping. To me it was a, I couldn't believe it, I didn't understand her. 
My education was very important to me in music and, and everything else, and so I wanted to make sure that everybody knew that I had accomplished something because I, in my head I was still that fat little kid standing without a shirt in the front yard. Are you with me? And so that causes me to act a certain way. Well, God wants me to be more than a series of experiences. God rescued me to save me from just being a sum of all of those added experiences. Instead, supernaturally, he rescued me, he put my feet on a path, and now he wants to transform my life and my mind in all those areas. The truth is he wants to do that for you too, but you are still possibly walking around with hidden pockets of shadow in your heart and your mind that you refuse to deal with because you think that the church wants you to pretend it didn't exist because everything is new and you're just supposed to walk in and you call it faith. That's not the same thing. That's not the same thing. Faith is when you look at the reality of where you are and you're like, God can change me. He can do anything. He can transform me. Look at the life of David. Look at how David talked openly about what he had done and he confessed his sin. It's in the word of God for thousands of years for us to read how he sinned and how God took it and he still used his life in a powerful way. Look at Paul who talked about how he was one of the ones who was uh, tormenting and torturing Christians and yet God took him and changed his life. Paul didn't cover that up. He didn't pretend it didn't exist. It became a testimony to show the greatness of the work that God can do. My question for you is, what things have you gone through? What things are you hiding that God wants to transform, that he wants to shine his light on, that can become a testimony to help other people so that you can have real relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ, that we can be a family instead of a bunch of people who pretend to be family and who won't even talk to each other after church. Come on. And sometimes we wonder why. We wonder why the world doesn't respond to our Christianity. It's because we're not real. They're hurting, and they want to see that God transforms hurting lives, but instead we're just giving them a cardboard cutout. And they see the real us come through around that cardboard cutout, and they're like, I don't want any of that. They need to see the reality. We're messed up. And God can use us and save us and he loves us. Here's some red flags for us that, that tell us that maybe we have shadow areas in our hearts. The first one is we become fixated on external preferences instead of internal devotion fixated on the externals. It's safer to be fixated on the externals, what we look like, what we drive, how we act, how we smile, who's talking to us, who didn't talk to us. The question is, what's going on in your heart? How are you thinking? What are you doing? What are you saying? How are you loving? It's about the internals. Another red flag is we become fixated on commitment and tasks instead of our heart and other people. We come to church to serve, we go to LV Reach to serve, but our attitude stinks because we're just there to serve or to be seen. We really would rather be anywhere else. If people don't show up, we judge them and feel like we're more spiritual because we're there. 
But again, the Sermon on the Mount talks about our heart and how important our heart is, our motivations. Another flag is we hide our double standards with strict rules, usually for other people. <laughs> it's legalism. What do people wear? How they talk? How they live? Do they smoke? Do they drink? What do they eat? What do they watch? We can break all those rules secretly and feel okay. But if other people are breaking those rules, we're talking about it. It's called legalism. It's something, it's a red flag that there's an internal issue. Another red flag, we have some areas of our lives that remain untransformed because we ignore them, hide them, sweep them under the rug. Areas that we have hidden even from ourselves sometimes. The life that I lived as a kid, there are still things that kind of come up sometimes that I talk about. My wife and I have been married for almost 37 years. There are things I haven't yet told her, um, mostly because I don't remember them until I do. Why? Because they're pressed down, they're hidden, they're swept under. I want that stuff to come out, not because I want to live in it. By the way, that's the opposite extreme is when people live in their issues and they can't get out of their issues. That's not healthy. That's not right either. But it's not right to sweep it under the rug. It needs to be brought out into the light so God can heal. There's a quote by Augustine that says, how can you draw close to God when you're far from your own self? And he prays, grant, Lord, that I may know myself, that I may know thee. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, to take every thought captive for the cause of Christ. How can you take a thought captive if you've never thought it? How can you take those feelings and things captive and, and, and release them to Jesus if you refuse to even deal with it? Some of us don't recognize the shadowy places in our heart because we deny that they're there. There's a quote by an author, Nathaniel Hawthorne, that says, no man for any considerable period of time can wear one face to himself and another to the multitude without finally getting bewildered as to which may be the truth. What is this talking about? This is talking about it is impossible for us as human beings to live a double life and remember who we really are. And for some of you, you've struggled with your Christian identity because you are so busy living a double life and I'm not judging you because I have been there myself. You're living a double life where you're, you're just trying to be good, you're trying to look good, but all of this other stuff is there, but you're not dealing with that stuff. You're just hoping that if you come to church a couple of times a month that God will take care of all that extra stuff. You're not dealing with it, you're not exposing it, you're not going to the word for truth. You're not spending time in prayer, you're not opening your heart to God and you're not opening it to his people. You're not opening it to his people. You're not getting prayer. You're not getting um, accountability. So I want to talk uh, really quickly about the answer for the untransformed heart. 
the answer for the untransformed heart. I'm going to read a passage of scripture from Colossians 3, starting in verse 8. It says, but now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jews, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free. But Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But of all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So here we have the picture of the Christian church, the New Testament church, and how we are to act together. We're to be encouraging one another. We're to bear with one another. Yes, we're to put off the old and put on the new. And then it says to bear with one another. What does that mean? That means not everyone puts on the new perfectly. We're bearing with one another. We're forgiving one another as Christ forgave us. We're encouraging one another and holding each other accountable. Did you notice that there's no racism in the New Testament church? Did you see that part? There's, there's, it's not supposed to exist. We're supposed to love one another and be there for one another. But the only way that that works is if people are real. The only way it works is if you open yourself up and you allow it to happen. And will we do it perfectly? No, we're going to mess up sometimes. You're going to mess up sometimes. But the goal is to have that kind of beautiful family experience it's a foretaste of heaven. A foretaste. We can have transparency and accountability. We can have repentance. For Sean 1 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Amen? And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can seek authentic emotional and spiritual health. Here's something for you to think about. I read a Christian author recently. Think about this and you determine if it's true. He says that you cannot have spiritual maturity without emotional maturity. Think about that for a second. You cannot grow past your emotional maturity. If you think that's true, Think about how much you want to grow in the Lord and you want to change. But if you're not willing to open up your heart, if you're not willing to lay down your issues, if you're not willing to be accountable and be healed emotionally, it's going to hinder, perhaps, your spiritual growth. Finally, we know that mercy and grace are the hallmark of the believer. The same mercy and grace that was poured out in your life is what Christ intends for us to pour out through our lives for our brothers and sisters. 
Let's bow our heads together. I'm going to do the altar call backwards today. I want to talk to those who are believers first. Nobody looking around, please. If you are a believer and you know that you have some shadowy places in your life, places that you need to expose to the light of God and places that you need healed, I want to pray with you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything else. But just right where you are, if, you're, if you want prayer, would you just lift up your hand so I can pray with you? I see your hands. There's hands going up all over the worship center. You're not alone. You're not alone. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you, God, for their boldness and their courage to desire to be free from not just hidden sin, but from areas in their life that need healing, that causes them to return to behavior that they don't want. They need healing from things that have happened in their life. They need the ability to expose this, God, to you. And I pray that you would do a work in their heart, that you would set them free. And I pray, God, that you would give each one brothers and sisters in the Lord that they can open up to and that they can have a genuine relationship with of accountability. And we pray, Father God, for freedom and health for their lives. God, I want that in my own life as well. Father, please continue to mature us. Please continue to grow us in you. Help us, Father God, to be a light for you everywhere that we go. We want to be the same all the time. We want to be the same all the time, Lord. Thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you, Jesus. With your head still bowed, I want to ask if there's anybody here today who's never received Christ as a personal Savior. If you have never made a decision to follow Christ, I want you to know that today you can do that that you can receive him as your personal Lord and Savior and he will come in and forgive you of your sin. He will change your life, change your heart. If that's you today, would you lift up your hand so I can pray with you? Is there anybody here that's Pastor Jim? I want to know Jesus. I want to walk with him. Is there anyone here this morning? Is there anyone here? I see your hand. I see your hand. Anyone else? Okay, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. And we're going to pray a prayer of salvation. And what that means is that from your heart, you're just going to ask God to change your life and you're going to Give your life to him. So just repeat after me, Father, I come to you right now. I need you. Please forgive me of all I've done wrong. I believe in Jesus. I thank you for this gift for salvation.
I give you my whole life. Show me what that means, God. In Jesus' name, amen.